0: Podcast. I'm Andrew McGregor, and with each installation of this podcast, we're going to explore the world of spirituality, what it means to be alive, and how is it that we can bring our spiritual selves, tarot, meditation, religious or spiritual practices, into our daily lives. Please check out all of our episodes at thehermitslamp.com podcasts. Or you can search The Hermit's Lamp in podcasts on iTunes and download them all directly that way. If you are looking for card-by-card instruction on reading the tarot, please consider checking out James Wells and my new audio project, The Trump's Card-by-Card, where we dig in deep to one of the major cards and explore it thoroughly. If that sounds exactly like what you're looking for, and get your tarot juices all fired up, you can certainly also find that at thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts. So welcome to uh, another installment of the Hermit's Lamp podcast. I'm Andrew McGregor, and I'm here today with uh, the intuitive messenger, Mitchell Osborne. And we're going to be talking about uh, guides and Uh, past lives and future lives and other lives and parallel universes and psychic messages and all sorts of uh, fun and and exciting stuff that I see a lot of people asking a lot of questions about. So, you know, in case people don't really know who you are yet, Mitchell, why don't you uh, give me a a quick rundown on, on who you are and what you're about?
1: Oh, this is the part I love. It's always fun to hear somebody else talk about who I am, but it's even worse to say it myself. But I am—I um, am a psychic medium. I'm an animal communicator. Um, I, I changed my business card five times, and it finally says intuitive soul coach. I kind of like that one best. Um, but I do own up to being a psychic and a medium, and even a spiritual teacher. Um, so let's see—I have a—you know—I have a corporate day job where I get to exercise for a living. And then I do this intuitive work um, on nights and weekends, and I'm having a blast, loving it.
0: Wonderful. You know, and the the idea of psychic is something that people seem to either love and and be crazy about, um, or they they have they have strong feelings the other way about it. You know, I often get these these phone calls at the store where, you know, they're like, "Hey, are you a psychic?" And I'm like, "Yes," you know, and and you know, I read the cards and whatever, and they're like. But are you psychic? Like, are you really psychic? You know, it's, it's such a, uh, evokes such mystery, right. For a lot of people.
1: Yeah. I, I get that as well. There's a couple um fun social media sites that I'm on and, and, and uh, you know, I'll write, you know, psychic medium in there and people were like, are you really a psychic and a medium? And of course, you know, the next question is, so what can you tell, tell me about myself? <laughs> and, and I, you know, I embrace it, and sometimes I, I return a reply in jest, and sometimes if spirit's speaking real loud, they open the door, and I will I will say something, and a lot of times I'll be like, "Oh, okay, you you really are."
0: <laughs> For sure, yeah, it's always fascinating when that kind of stuff comes through. You know, it's um, it, it, I mean, my work centers more around reading the cards, although my guides and and my ministers certainly come in, and you know, there there's always this moment where I'm looking at the cards. And then I just look up at the person. and I'm like, "Oh yeah, and you know X, Y, and Z that has nothing to do with anything else in the reading." You know, just you know, like I, the the most dramatic example was uh, I looked up a friend of mine who I was reading for and said, "Your dad? He's not like a like a roofer or you know, like he doesn't work on ladders, right?" And they're like, "No, no, no. He's a an accountant or something." You know, and I was like, "All right, well, you you tell him to be careful with heights." You know, and. Yeah. Three months, six months later, I get the phone call. So uh, my dad decided he was going to clean out the eaves troughs, you know? And it's like, where does that come from, you know? And yeah. the answer is it, it comes from that, that psychic place, right? Where that, where, where spirit, where whatever is, is moving and, and encouraging us to, to speak.
1: And I would love to ask you about that. And uh, uh, it's funny, I'm drawn to my clock. It's eleven eleven right now. So I thought it was funny. Um You know, I always hear people say this, and I do agree with what I'm about to say, but I'd love to hear if you agree as well. All mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. And I think that goes back to what the definition and for me, in a nutshell, a psychic deals with the energy of like here and now, right now in front of you, this earthly plane, where a medium deals with energy and communication beyond the veil, if you will. Does that sit into your definition as well?
0: Yeah, I would say that um, you know, uh, for me, mediumship is about communicating with spirits, right? Spirits of the dead, uh, other kinds of spirits. You know, they could be any any range of, of kinds of entities that are out there. You know, from, from good, bad, to indifferent, to angelic and divine, or whatever, right? Um, so, to me, that's the mediumship side. Um, the psychic side. My my sort of my notion of it. Uh, is that the psychic side is more about my third eye, right? You know, to use a metaphor, not literally necessarily, but it is about my ability to see through um, time and space, to see to see connections and things that are that are not there. You know, to, to maybe look down. Um, you know, I mean, if we want to bring like the sort of the idea of, that we are traveling down a road and different realities are forking off into different possibilities you know, or the the threads have the option to go different ways and sort of seeing and navigating those, those splices or possible splices that are there in the future, you know, so to me, the psychic side is, is more that aspect of it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I like, I like how you led into the possibilities like string theory and multiple parallel universes and lives. And, and that's, you know, as a coach, and I like the word coach because, it fits with who I am today, right now. Um, I never put it in my description, but you know, when I when I'm working with a client, I, I you know I will say you know here's what I see, and this may be your actual you know future, a prediction. If you like it, then hold on to that intention. If you don't, then then let's work to, to change that. I was I always tell people if I'm at a bar and someone's drunk stumbling around and I see them grab their car keys and they're heading to their car. I can pretty much say they're probably going to get in a wreck (laughs) and it's a good chance they will. But if, but you know, you may not know what's coming down the road and snatch the keys out of the hand, change the intention, change the course. And that's kind of how I look at some of the references when I'm working with people. You know, if you like the direction you're going, if you like what I'm seeing down the road in the future as a prediction, hold on to it. Also realize there couldn't be something better than that out there for you.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I um, Peter Carroll in in one of his books about uh, psycho uh, psycho magic, not psycho magic, uh, chaos magic, was talking about the idea of um, the ways in which uh, the the future is like sort of this arc or this array in front of us, right? You know, we we in theory we could turn around and go in any direction, but in practice we're moving in a direction, and we're most likely to turn either not at all or some small amount or, you know, whatever. But most people, you know, if we, if we extend it as a metaphor, most people don't right or left turn completely in their lives, right? They make yeah. a little nudge, they make something else, you know, until until some event causes them to make a bigger change, right? And, right. you know, so this sort of idea that there's a, a spectrum of possibilities and given our history and what has brought us to that point, the, the the real world spectrum of possibilities is much smaller you know i mean how much am i going to change I, I have a store i have a family i have a, a career that's been going on for 12 years and doing this work and you know in theory i can go do something completely different tomorrow but in practice and with the sort of realities behind that it's really unlikely you know and so i can make small changes that can turn into big changes down the road But I I don't have the ability to easily do a full reset, and most people, including me, are not likely to do a full reset to make a change.
1: Yeah, and and I love that you talked about like the spectrum, and I can in my this is my visual I can see the road being really narrow where we are right now but then fanning out towards, you know, 5, 10, 20 years down the road. And when I was teaching um, um, some energy for performance, we often use the metaphor about setting your, your sights on something. And if you think about navigation, you know, I'm in Orlando, Florida. If I set my sights on, you know, Los Angeles and I'm off by one degree, You know, in the the beginning, it's not going to look like I'm really, really that off. But by the time I finally get there, the the down way down that road, I'm going to be so far off my target. Mm -hmm. And and I and I like because that you just reminded me of how you know because it almost how are we going to say this? Because we have something we were talking about. It's almost like it does take out a little bit of our free will choice. Mm. You know, because we're again, you know, we're heading down this road, and. You said something that I I say that that I remind clients all the time. You've got a shop, you've got a family, you've got all this stuff. And you'll say, but I'm stuck here. And I always say, you're not stuck. You're never stuck there. You literally could grab your keys right now, get in the car, fly, go drive to the airport, get in a plane, fly halfway around the world and start a new life. You absolutely could. But chances of you doing that are extremely slim until maybe some, like you said, some catastrophic change or shift or focus or happens, mm-hmm. um, and I like I like that thought, even though it almost sounds like it's limiting our life and our choices. Well, um,
0: we are, this is one of those things, right? You know, we, we were talking a little bit before we hopped on the the call here, and you know, the idea of free will is a really interesting and misconstrued one, right? There's oh, yeah. um, there's a wonderful book called The Myth of Freedom by Chuang Am the Tibetan Buddhist, and um, I mean, basically, the thing is, is we're only free as much as we're truly in control of ourselves, right? So that's yeah. that's part. That's option one, right? That's the best case scenario, right? And how yeah. how in control of ourselves are we, uh, genuinely, right? You know, and you know, we can look at our habits and patterns, right? You know, are we, you know, eating too much cake? Are we you know, staying with the friends and situations that aren't working for us. You know, why are we not changing those? And, you know, it's because of our conditioning and our nature and our history. And, you know, there's many reasons, right? And that, I mean, that's yeah. why people come and work with us, right? To yeah. to sort of uh, reset and resort those priorities, right? So they can, they can assess them better. But if all of those things are in effect, no matter how conscious we feel, if we're not able to, to directly impact the change – then, then that's one level to which we lose our our true possibility of being free. And then, secondly, you know, um, uh, I I started out as a as a big student of of Crowley and his work, right? And you know, sit down and try and think nothing for an hour. How far can you get with that? So, therefore, how much control do you actually have over yourself, right? Yeah. And the answer is, you know. Uh, it takes a long for me. Maybe other people will have more success, but but for me, it took a long time to to get to the point where I could truly do that kind of stuff. You know, like constant, regular practice. Yeah. So then, then how free are we at that point, right?
1: And it's funny because you said like control, because just probably twenty minutes ago, I literally, you know, got up from this desk I'm at and I walked to my house and I was just shaking my hands. And I just, I, I kept saying, I just feel like I'm totally out of control right now. I felt extremely anxious and, and nervous for the last like two or three hours this morning. It'd be interesting to see what's either going on in my my astrological chart or the full. But it's it's really interesting because like you just said, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I feel like my body is out of control. The physical part almost feels out of control. I, I look in the mirror, and I'm thinking, I'm OK. I'm pretty peaceful. And I, you know, I, I sit I'm at 13 minutes every morning. I sit as quiet as I can mm-hmm. trying to think of nothing or allowing God's spirit source, you know, to to work with me. And, and you know, I call in all the guides and the angels and everything on the other side and say, you know, talk to me. What do I deliver in my message today? What do I you know? What does my day look like? And, you know, I, and this is the, this is the cool thing that about you. And from the moment I met you, was it almost a year and a half, two years ago, mm-hmm. I knew someone that I could sit down with and have a conversation like this where neither one of us would be thinking we had the ultimate truth and the other didn't and, mm-hmm. and, or trying to change the other person's belief or mind, because we're talking about the fact that we may not have free will. Sure. <laughs> no. Most people would probably drop a load right now. You know, I'm talking about that because I saw on Facebook a few people do just that when a certain astrologer mentioned they were going to put in their book about how we don't really have free will. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I can't wait to read that and and see where it take what next step it takes me."
0: Mhm. Yeah, well, I mean, number 1, you know, when we're talking with this stuff, all we can do is share personal experience, right? And yeah. the the wisest people that I know they never tell me what to do, you know, my elders and stuff like that. I mean, occasionally around points of ceremony because I, I belong to uh you know, I practice a specific tradition that has specific protocols, but in a in a general sense it's never like well, this is this is this or this is that. They're like, Well, you know, maybe this and here's an idea and here's a story about what happened to me once or what I saw somebody else do and you know, and at the end of it you're just like, Oh, okay. And you kind yeah. of feel through it and find what is the what is the guidance, right? And the, you know that that works so well, right? Yeah. Going around and going around and making rules and telling people how it is, and you know, well, psychic is this or or spirits are that, or you know, well, yeah, possibly and possibly they're true, but but is it helpful and is it relevant, you know? And does it does it make a difference in the world, you know?
1: Yeah, I I posted a. a- a, a thing the other day and it said it was a song, a song kept going through my head. Why did it feel so good to be so bad? Mm. And I just started thinking, and part of my talk about that in one of my videos was a lot of times I think it feels so good quote to be so bad quote, because the bad is what is probably more of our true self, our true nature or our personal truth at that moment. But other people in society look at it as wrong inappropriate or, or bad. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was interesting because, you know, I, I'm here in Florida and, you know, we have just now legalized gay marriage and that was a long time coming for this state. And a lot of people still think that is going to be the doom and, and death of, of the USA for that. And for me, someone who's experiencing that it's, 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 it's growth and it's change and it's an opportunity for something different in my world.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I think there's. You know, I I I I work with a lot of people uh from all around the world, you know. And and I work with a lot of um people from uh the Caribbean and from Africa. Yeah. And and I remember one day this um, you know, traditional um sort of uh, African uh healer guy was, you know, in getting a reading for me, right? And we were talking and stuff and he's like he goes, you know, he he said Andrew, you understand the African mind so well, you know? And I mean, my first thought was like, well, I I, I think I'll I'll take that as I understand the people that you work with and the way that you work, because, you know, Africa is certainly not, uh, there's no unified Africa, right? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's bigger than Canada and the U S and Europe. And, you know, I mean, it's so so diverse, right. But, but, you know, but I think what he was really getting at was that there, that, There's a non-Western way to look at these things, right? And the idea of um, good and bad, you know, if we step it back from good and evil, which is really what it's sort of couched in, right? And when we're talking evil, we're talking uh, malicious, destructive, something to be feared versus if we look at, um, you know, uh, positive and negative or desirable and undesirable or, you know, uh, even pleasant and unpleasant, right, you know? Yeah, I mean there are, there are many things that are just not desirable. It's not desirable to be ill, right? It's not desirable yeah. to be um to have no power, right? It's yeah. not desirable to worry about where your where your rent's going to come from, right? And it's not desirable from my point of view to have people tell you who you should and shouldn't love, right? Yeah. But is it is it evil? Is it destroying the world? Well, I mean obviously for some people that's definitely a perspective they take, but you know, but but to me it's uh those things have nothing to do with each other because it's not about it's not about evil. It's about you know again we're, we're, we seem to be having this conversation that keeps looping back to free will, right? You know yeah. how how much free will do people have? You know, to, to say a gay couple who lives in a state where they can't get married, right? You know, so right. there there are these these external infringements of other people's exerting of their free will you know, or, or not free will or unconscious baggage or whatever that that are continuously seeking to impinge on our exertion of our free will, you know?
1: Yeah. And I, and it, I, you remind me of a book that I just finished by this woman who was I think a Methodist minister for years. And it was about learning to walk in the dark and she just, the book was just really about analyzing what dark the the description and the fear that so many people had about dark darkness nighttime and it was a really interesting book because a, because of who she was, where she had been and as her journey as a, you know, published author, leading, you know, conservative minister type personality and where fear of darkness came from. And then from, you know, Christian biblical perspective, from as a child, you know, being taught to fear the dark or at night, you know, when darkness falls, you know, get inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, again, and, and and it's funny because I started walking through my own house and realizing just how much light was from little bulbs and things all around, and there was i wasn 't in the dark
0: yeah and,
1: it, and, and, and i and i I actually love the dark when I get to finally lay down at night and it 's quiet as it can be with you know five animals and a partner uh-huh. and you know I think what she was trying to do was relabel you know the darkness or or dispel any myths of darkness or or, you know, take the description or desire what darkness, you know, has been taught, you know, just kind of dispelling all that. So, again, another thing about, you know, fear. Fear is something, too, that that keeps people probably – I think fear is, fear is probably the biggest thing that I see people come to me as an intuitive that is holding them back from mm. stuff. Fear, fear, fear. And, I mean, I know my own fear. Uh, you know i think about you know grabbing my keys my wallet and jumping in the car and never looking back and and i think well the fear would be my partner running me down <laughs> <laughs> the fear would be what happens to my you know credit scores <laughs> of not mm-hmm. paying bills um so that that fear is a big one for me uh which again i think comes back to limiting some of our free will as, as well
0: mm-hmm. i um a few years ago, a friend of mine got married. Um, sort of two hours north of Toronto, right? And two hours north of Toronto is is pretty wild, you know. <laughs> it's it's it, you know they were at this sort of campground and, you know, I mean it, it, it was a campground, right? And they had cabins and stuff, and you know, but uh, and they, there were some roads and so on. But you know, it's it's, it's not near anything, right? So there's no real lights from the city or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. and um you know and so i was there with my with my partner and and our two kids who were pretty small at the time you know they were maybe like two and four or something like that they get where they get married you know it's lovely they have a bonfire they've got the drums out you know everyone's dancing and singing and you know it's wonderful and then the kids start to get tired so i'm like all right it's time let's go put them to bed right and um I realized that we sort of forgot a flashlight. I'm like, eh, whatever, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. eh, it's fine, right? And um, I'm like, there's a road. Like, we'll just walk on the road. It's no problem. And I I, ha- I have pretty good sight at night, but there was nothing to see, right? Wow. Because the there was the road, um, which, you know, near the, near the campfire, you could see it, and, you know, that light travels further than you think. But the forest on either side of the road was really dense and it didn't meet over the top of the road, but it almost did. Right. Wow. And and it was a single single track, right? For one car. So it wasn't like it was like a big wide road. It was just single car gravel road. And so we're walking along and I'm like, eh, you know, and you know, my partner's a little nervous and you know, the the little one gets nervous, so I pop her up on my shoulders and you know. And so we're walking along and we're basically navigating by the, the slightly lighter gap that you can see by looking up between the trees, right? Uh, it's wow. like you can't see the road after a little while, like, you know, in this sort of intermediary space where, you know, and it wasn't far. It was like maybe, you know, it was uh, less than a mile probably, right? But in that center point away from the fire and before we got closer to some of the buildings again – it was it was black with just this little thing, and I was just like, "Yeah, I can see; it's fine. We will just walk, you know." And I, I think that that being being willing to to step way into that darkness, you know, there are sounds, there are things, you know, it, it's it was way more comfortable in terms of feeling secure than like when I used to go and hike in for a day by myself into, you know, into the bush. You know, up in that that part of the world as well, and camp by myself for a few days. You know, yeah. night times by yourself in the wild is is slightly <laughs> uncomfortable because every now and then something's moving out there, and you're like, "Wow, what's that? Is that a is that a fox? Is that a, a bear? It sounds pretty big." You know, and you're just <laughs> like, and you're in your tent, and you're just like, "Oh, all right, well, I'm gonna trust it's gonna be okay and go back to sleep." You know,
1: yeah, and it's amazing what that in those moments you start, you know, thinking and be out there, your imagination takes off and, 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 and I'll say the fear sets in, of, of the stories you start telling yourself of what's beyond the darkness right there. Yeah. Um, that was amazing. And I, and I, you know, years ago when I lived alone I started really studying all this stuff, I would lay in bed at night and the shadows were just, Freaky, amazing. And I remember saying out loud, because I lived alone, I said, all right, you know, during the day, I've asked for, to be able to see, to be able to, you know, not just inside my head uh, objectively, but sub, you know, subjectively, but objectively, see you spirit, see you ghost. And I would say, but don't do it at 12 midnight when I'm by myself, for sure. <laughs> You know, where, where now I, I, I don't mind that so much. And, you know, if something if I feel energy of something coming, you know, because I felt the energy of, of 12 blue lizard alien people step into my room. And I remember thinking, well, this, this is just really interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, what do I do? With this? You know, um, how are you guys doing? <laughs> Why are you here? And now it's more like just asking the questions and I try to embrace and think, you know, you know, allow, allow something to come from it all.
0: Hmm. Well, I think that that's that's where it gets interesting too, right? Where Where are your boundaries? You know, um, my my boundaries are. I I don't want to hear from you. I I have enough things <laughs> that interfere with my sleep. You know, having kids and uh, you know, and living in downtown Toronto where you know sometimes loud things happen at random hours. You know, I'm just like, you guys can show up when I'm when I'm in meditation, or you can show up wherever, but. You don't get to show up while I'm sleeping because I only get so many hours for that and it's never quite enough, you know. And, you know, that's where everybody needs to find their balance. And, you know, I think that uh, when we're talking about spirit and messages and whatever we're receiving, we we need to set those boundaries just like we would set boundaries with a friend, right? If you're the kind of person who will take a phone call at 4 a.m. from a friend in need, well, great if that's if that's your life and that's the way things work for you then wonderful right but if you're not don't you know exert that free will we can shut that down and be like no it's not happening guys go away you know <laughs>
1: that's an excellent way to look at it and i i do practice that to a point um and probably should more
0: <laughs> i mean again it's it's really personal right you know you and i you and i have different lives and different lifestyles and different demands on us you know so for sure. Yeah. hmm
1: so, so where? What's our next subject? <laughs> well, I don't know. What? What's?
0: What, what's? What's been coming through for you in messages lately? What do you feel is is coming down the pipe?
1: I, I tell you, I, I go back to that fear that uh-huh. that thing about what people fear might happen in their lives. Um, so many people right now for me. Um, what people coming to me is, is you know the the basics relationships and i 'm sure you get a lot of the basics of people coming to you and there 's just there seems to be this overwhelming fear of they will either be alone the, the rest of their lives or they are lonely and it won 't end, but there definitely seems to be a lot of that that fear and um and that 's you know that 's what I feel like I work with the most right now and it's it's it 's interesting how how I handle it, because I think my, the way I grew up was in living in fear, fear of disappointing my father or angering him. So I grew up in fear. Um, and I grew up, you know, learning how to manipulate with the victim card. So when people come to me with fear or people come to me with that victim mentality, you know, those are two of my strong points (laughs) and I can, I, I see them and sense them like that. Mm
0: -hmm. And,
1: you know, that's where I usually start, you know, kind of what I would call shining the light on and start asking the the important questions of them. If I'm, if I'm pulling cards, you know, then the cards are going to show me what's going on as well. And, and, and I ask the cards to show me, you know, answers and, and ways out or lessons that they, they can learn to move forward.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, fear's, fear's a pain in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things, you know, I, um, When I when I was younger I experienced a lot of fear socially. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it was always like, oh what are they going to say? What are they going to what if I say the wrong thing? You know, those kinds of like sort of overanalyzing the situation and and kind of always being worried about what what would come up kind of thing. And mm-hmm. um, you know, and 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 then when I was a teenager, sort of later as a teenager, I was basically I don't know where I got it, probably from like Robert Anton Wilson or one of those kind of kind of authors who I was reading a lot of at the time, Timothy Leary, maybe, you know, this notion of whatever you're afraid of, you should do it. And the more afraid you are, you should do it sooner, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I just started doing that, you know? And it became this thing of like, I'm afraid of that. All right, let's go, you know? And, and, you know, recently I was, uh, I was talking with a friend who I, you know, exchange attention with on a regular basis. And, you know, we were talking about the stuff that I was feeling, Trepidation about now, and you know, sort of repatterning it as the um, the the fear you feel when you're on a roller coaster, right? Clack 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 clack. As you reach the top of that hill, right? You know, it's just like, uh-oh, you know. And it's like, all right, don't bother bracing yourself. You're you're in a roller coaster. It's going to yeah. be fine, right? Instead, you know, you hold on or not, and you know, get ready to scream we as loud as you can, we, you know, and and really sort of looking to ride the rush of that more and more, yep. you know. And and not in a sort of overt thrill-seeking kind of way, right? We don't need to go out of our way for that. There's plenty of I mean, at least for me there's plenty of opportunity to to feel that without like creating it artificially, you know.
1: Yeah. That was that was always my thought with like join a joining a fraternity or something and like I don't need the extra pain of hazing or I you know to go into um I was trying to even like armed forces always terrified me because I thought I don't want to be put through that pain just to come out the other side. But I also know that the pain I've been through has been my growth and the things that, you know, I've been fearful of, you know, sitting in the dark talking to the spirits, going, All right, you know, what do they say courage is? seeing and knowing what you're afraid of, but doing it anyway, you you talked about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's still a few things that I, uh, I, yeah, I, I know I still got some stuff that I, I'm going to work. I don't think I'll ever have, I don't think I'll ever be completely fearless, but I'm, Who will? I'm, I'm, I'm working forward to, towards it.
0: Yeah. I was, uh, I was at the museum with the kids the other day and, um, they, they had, it was animal day. So they had like uh, you know giant constrictor of some sort and you know stuff like that and you know snakes don't bother me at all but then they had uh, they had you you probably have them in Florida those those giant cockroaches right oh yeah you know the big three inch ones right and so they had some of those and that people were handling them right what and I was like you know my <laughs> my uh, my nephew who's how old is he now he's four maybe he's four I think and. Uh, he handled it, you know, oh. and, and I was like, yeah, I just don't want to, you know, I'm yeah. like, I, don't think so. <laughs> I
1: we do have those in Florida and I'm fine as long as they're crawling on the ground. But the moment they take flight, I turn into a six year old girl yeah. and I'm, I'm out of there because if it can fly, I don't know, it's going to land on me. I know it.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and then what, right? Where does it go? Where, where are you? Away from it, you know? Yeah.
1: And Florida, you know, we grew up, you would be there and in the middle of the night, you'd feel something crawl across your face. Yeah. And it could be a spider or, or, a, or a roach. And we're not talking just camping. You know, they are in our homes here. Oh, yeah. You know, there's no way, you know, I don't care how rich you are and how much you spray, there's still the possibility of you having spiders and roaches in your house sure. in Florida.
0: Or those little lizards, too. You know, I mean, they they are not intimidating, but they're still unknown, yeah. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and like you, I, I'm like you, I, I don't know what my connection is with reptiles, but I, I adore lizards and snakes. Yeah. I think they're the most gorgeous creatures. Um, and people always go, gross. And again, there's, there's something that people have given a bad rep, snakes. And mm-hmm. most of the reason snakes have a bad rep is biblical reference. Yeah. You know, it's Satan, it's the devil. You know, where I just think they're the most, I, I mean, just, I, I said the other day, watch how a snake moves through the grass. It moves effortlessly. It utilizes all the obstacles to push against and maneuver, just like water almost, where it seeks the path of least resistance. Snakes do that, mm-hmm. you know. And I just thought, man, there's a lesson just watching a snake move. And then even if you study animal totems, snakes are usually about transformation because they shed their skin. Sure. You know, they they release, you know, and move on to something better, something new.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like. Um... In in some decks, anyway, you know, certainly in the Toth deck, right? There's the the snake on the death card, right? You know, yeah. We we shed that skin and we move on, right? And why do snakes shed their skin? So yep. they can become bigger, right? Because they outgrow it. So. Yep. Mm-hmm.
1: It feels good too.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: When you when you quote take back your power, you or you step into something bigger. You know, you become bigger, you expand.
0: Yeah. So. What, what do you think people listening could do to, uh, to unzip uh, their skin that they're stuck in right now and step uh, out?
1: The, the first thing I would say, and Spirit just said, reminded me of something I say a lot to people in everyday world. Just ask yourself the simple question, what would I do if I weren't afraid? And don't, don't even, don't even if, don't think you're going to need to sit down and write the answers. Don't think that the answers mean you need to take action. Just start asking the question. What would I do if I weren't afraid? And by asking those questions, it just shows a little willingness to grow a little bit, to quote, unzip your skin a little bit. Um, Because most people don't even want to know. They don't want to ask the questions. Mm -hmm. They just, "Mm, status quo. And then also when when things fall apart, everybody wants to try to rebuild it the way it was. (laughs) (laughs) So when your little, when your little building blocks fall apart, don't rebuild the same house or structure you had before, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, stop for a moment and say, all right, this is an opportunity to build something different, to create something different, to expand, you know, so don't just don't just try to rebuild, you know, I think of the tower and the star card, you know, the tower, I use the word dismantling, I use the word, you know, tilling of the garden because i always try to find like the positive in it because for me the tower is like the net the snake shedding its skin or the garden is done you've harvested all you can till it up replant something new because what comes right after the the tower card in in, in Terra is the star that hope then the moon a little more light then the sun a little more light you know it goes from boom and that sun is there to start growing that garden again mhm so just ask the simple questions. And I forget there's it's either Google or Facebook or somewhere where they have that that posted on their wall. What what would you do if you weren't afraid? Mm. And you know, it's just it's just a cool question, but again, don't ask it expecting to have the answers or or respond to or take action. Just start asking the question.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and, and I might, uh, if I'll throw it sort of a second option to your wonderful one that you already put out there is, you know, notice, notice where you are excited and engaged, you know, (laughs) like where, where's the thing that, that is pulling you into it. Right. You know, because, uh, there's sort of two ways we can, we can go about this. There's the tower, right. Which is, you know. When the tower shows up, grab your sledgehammer and help knock it down. You know we've all seen enough Renault shows or commercials yeah. for Renault shows. We know how it works, right? Grab that yep. big sledgehammer and you just knock out the walls, and then you grab your architect or your inner architect and decide what you're going to build and what's worth keeping. And the other option is the uh, the fool card, you know, and uh, and we could sort of see the fool. Um, You know, especially like in in Crowley's card where he's coming straight at us, right? You know, it's almost like he's springing out of some other place into this place. And, you know, what, what is what motivates the fool? Why does the fool go somewhere or do something? And the answer is... Because it is enticing, because it is shiny, because it is, because it smells good, because they're hungry, because the music over there sounds like they want to go check out what's going on because it's hot and there's the river and they should go for a swim. You know, it's not, it's not complicated and it's not about a long destination necessarily either, right? It's what, what is that immediate excitement that we can capitalize on to make a move? And then as we make that move you know, lo and behold, we'll, we'll find that we've shed our skin and, and moved on into something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: My, my, my co-host on our every other Sunday night show, Jamie, she always says, do what feels yummy. And I hate that statement, but I totally get it. Yeah. But not that I hate it, but that's just not my personality. Yummy. Um, but you know, the old, I don't like cliches, but man, if it feels good, do it. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I don't even have to preface that or even, you know, say as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, you know, because that that should be a given in this in in our world and what we do. But boy, if it feels good in that direction, you yeah. know.
0: I love I it. Think,
1: I think that's the vibration, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, oh, everybody hearing this, you know, when you're standing next to somebody, like their vibration just does not feel good to you. And you want to run from them and get. Mm-hmm. The, either, you know, at our corporate day job, sometimes we have to sit there next to these people. And and that's where I realized that I have been able to make a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. When my, when my very, you know, non-spiritual boss will look at me and say, I took a page out of your book last night. When I got home, I was so mad and I just separated myself from the situation and took a walk around the block mm-hmm. and it goes, what would Mitch do in this situation? And, and I'm sitting there listening to this and I'm going, okay, this is why I know I'm still supposed to be doing my corporate day job because yep. I'm still affecting those around me who, you know, who are my leaders, you know? So I'm, my managing up skills are even working.
0: <laughs> people, people need inspiration everywhere, right? You know, and you never know when the right moment for it to settle in is. Yep. All right. Well, it's been wonderful having this conversation. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and if people uh, want to to come and connect with you and, and get more inspired by what you're doing, uh, Mitchell does uh, daily videos uh, with messages from spirit, and and uh, has mentioned uh, a, a podcasty blog radio thing, and you know, and of course is available for other other stuff too. Where where should they come to? Where's a good place to find you?
1: So, Facebook, Intuitive Mitchell. uh, Website, Intuitive Messenger. Uh, My YouTube channel that I do every day is Intuitive Mitchell. Um, And that's, I use, you know, I pull a Lenormand card, I pull a tarot card. I'll incorporate the numerology in that as well. And there's usually a spiritual teaching. And oftentimes, about every 10 days, I'm doing an animal communication lesson as well. Because a lot of people, are, you'd be surprised how many people are just eating up the animal stuff right now. Because they're becoming such great teachers for us.
0: I love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you for making time and being on here with me. It's been, it's been really enjoyable.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for listening
0: to the Hermit's Land podcast. If this is your first time checking it out or if you haven't seen all the other ones that we've been up to, please go to thehermitslamp.com slash podcasts to check out uh, 25 or 30 wonderful podcasts and counting. And Certainly, while you're on my website, if you're looking to uh, learn more about reading the cards, please do sign up for my newsletter or check out the events page or recorded classes page to take all sorts of wonderful classes uh, with both myself and uh, some amazing teachers from around the world. Thanks for listening.